Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the Leadership File. My privilege, as always, to welcome you, whether you're a regular listener at 4pm on Sundays or listen as a podcast at another time in the week. Uh, I'm Andy Peck, your host, and once again looking forward to conversation on a leadership topic. Uh, recent news of youth and children's work in the UK has tended to be pretty gloomy, with a decline of total numbers attending local churches dropping year on year. But today we reflect on the news that at least 30 missional youth churches could be established across the country, with the support of £200,000 provided by All Churches Trust. At last, a potential turnaround, as ministry aimed at the young people by young people receives serious amounts of funding. So I'm delighted to be joined this week by Andy Milne, Mission Youth Church Network Strategic Lead, who has been involved in planting this kind of church in Bradford in West Yorkshire. So welcome to Leadership File, Andy. Hi there. Great to have you along. Um, uh, now, you're ideally placed to lead this ministry, as you are probably fairly typical of the kind of young person the church is are aiming to serve. You didn't grow up in a church, did you? No, no. I, I mean, I remember after becoming a Christian at 19, thinking back and the, the number of times as a young person walking past some of the local churches and never really thinking about God or is there a God there? And it amazed me looking back how how blind I was, but how also how unaware I was of who God is and, and, and what he can do. Um, so when I began doing youth work, you know, I had a good understanding of what it was like to be a typical young person living in some of the areas where we were working. So you obviously you're from Bradford in, in West Yorkshire. Um, how did the, the church that you planted before this current role, how did that kind of come about? It was called Sorted, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, well, we had a sense, my wife Tracy and I, that God was nudging us to start a youth church, although we didn't know that much about what a youth church would look like or how it would work. What we did know was it was important to go to where young people were at, build relationships, um, accept them and try and be Jesus um, in, to them. We also knew there'd be something important about working with schools and developing small groups where young people could ask questions and explore faith. And later on, something about worship. Um, and we kind of began on that journey, trying to get to know lots of young people, understand what life was like for them. And we began to think through, well, how, what is the good, how is the good news relevant for young people in this part of Bradford? And what might church look like as we develop it with them in the months and years to come? And that church eventually became three churches. Yeah, so we, we began with schools work, um, with a, a team of, of volunteers from local churches. We That led to developing after-school groups. And eventually we ended up with a pattern uh, where we would get to know young people in school. We'd begin to build a relationship. Um, and then we would young people come into a big Friday night social group based around the kind of things that young people wanted to do. We would share a little bit about our faith, but only in small amounts because most of these young people weren't thinking about faith at that point. But as the months would go on, we'd start to spot young people of peace, a bit like Jesus talks about in Luke chapter 10. And then we'd work with those young people of peace to create small groups around them and their friends where they could ask questions about faith, where we could 
explore the faith, perhaps look at the Bible, pray together. And that was often when young people started to really, really come alive and really think about, is this God real? Is he there for me? Um, and then one step further was we'd take the young people who were interested and form a worship service with them um, and introduce them to deeper prayer and deeper teaching. And that's often when the spiritual lights came on, where young people really connected with Jesus and became Christians. Um, you know, so we just found from there that that was, that was the route through to enable it to happen. But then some time went by, we just got our first worship service up and running. And a lady came up to me with a vision, a lady who prays a lot, and she felt that God was giving her a vision about God offering, giving me a key to a door to a mission field that had been shut for a long time. I really wasn't sure whether it was a God thing or not at first, but time went by and we worked out this was a, a God vision and it was about another secondary school that was a bigger school that had no Christian presence. And we ended up working in that school and forming another youth church from there in another area. Um, so that was the beginning of kind of going from one to two. Um, and then the first young people who we worked with in Sorted were all starting to become young adults. And so we had to think about, well, can new young people coming from the school aged 12, 13 really exist in the same group with these 18, 19 year olds? And that led to us having another youth church, if you like, for the young people who were 12, 13, 14, whilst the first cohort, if you like, became young adults and young parents. Andy, it sounds, sounds terrific. Can I um, kind of backtrack with a question when you kind of glossed over? I appreciate you didn't want to give the detail, but when you first kind of started, you and your wife, uh, and you, you, you drew other uh, people from other churches together, what, what were the things you were doing? Because you're, obviously you're connecting with young people who've got who like you walk past church buildings without any thought of what's going on in them and without any thought of god so what are the kind of things you're doing to connect that eventually brings these people into into the sorted uh, church that you'd formed yeah so some of it was about working with others in a school setting perhaps to run lunchtime clubs where there could be games sometimes chatting in the canteen in a school with young people um, sometimes it'd be working as another person from a local church where we'd perhaps play a game of football on a Sunday afternoon with some young people um, or we'd chat to young people in a bus shelter about the kind of things that were important to them and what they would like to see happening in an area. So it would be very much going to young people where they're at, listening, supporting, trying to find out what things were important to them. And that would help us then as we started groups off to know the kind of things that the young people were interested in and things that would be important for them. So they knew you were Christians or knew you were part of a church to start with? Or I just, I'm just wondering about the dynamics of, you know, people who, don't, who are strangers kind of connecting with, with you and, and your team. Yeah, of course. Well, um, so sometimes young people would know us because they would see us in the school. They would have perhaps heard us doing an assembly okay. where God had been mentioned. Sure. Other times they wouldn't know us, but we would, you know, you follow protocols with doing detached youth work. You know, you have name badges and right. um, this kind of thing. And also you work in partnership with with the churches, but perhaps with council youth services as well Absolutely. and other youth workers. So you try and enable to put the young people at ease as soon as possible so that they have an idea of who you are um, and, and what you're about. 
And sometimes the young people would ask as well about, well, what, what's your job? What are you here to do? And, and, I, and I would say, you know, well, I'm a youth worker and, and I want to start off a, a community for young people in this area. Um, and, and so I'm finding out the kinds of things that are important to young people, what young people hope for, what they're afraid of. Maybe you can help me form this community. And then depending on where the young person was at, you'd say something about the gospel as well at that point. Sorry to ask a kind of detailed question, but I, I think that just helps to tease out for folk who are, you know, many many folk listening to this won't have any children or youth work in their church at all. And, you know, the starting points to that, and it clearly for you, school was quite important as a as a trigger for, for much that, that followed. Um, now, it's common to believe that non-church youth have very little understanding of the basics of Christianity. Um, I'm just wondering how how little people knew when you, when you actually get chatting to them? Or is there some sort of basic understanding of, 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 of faith issues? One school we worked in was a C of E school. Okay. But that didn't mean that most of the young people were Christians or church-affiliated. Far from it. Most of the young people were from some tough council estates. So some of those young people would know some of the basics, um, although usually they had a wrong understanding of, of what they'd heard and there was also a sense in which because it had come through a school system being taught to them often they'd kind of just understand it in an academic sense so that was one set of young people but further afield in other schools where we've worked in particularly non-cv schools they would know very very little about the gospel they would know that there's the idea of god is that there's somebody out there maybe some of them would still have that childhood understanding of of somebody up in the sky somewhere and they would have dismissed it. Uh, the knowledge of Jesus would maybe as a good man, uh, not much more than that. Um, and there was a piece of research that came out a few years ago that lots of non-church young people know the name of Jesus more of, as a swear word than, than as a, a person who of, of real importance and the Son of God. And that's some of what we discovered as well. Well, we're coming up to a break now. So you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Andy Meal. Andy's the Missional Youth Church Network Strategic Lead, uh, helping to uh, plant ch youth churches across uh, the UK. And we'll be back with our conversation just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Andy Milne. Andy's the Missional Youth Church Network Strategic Lead. It's uh, part of an initiative uh, connected to support from the All Churches Trust, which is plan planning to plant 30 missional youth churches. We were talking before the break a little of uh, Andy's own background of planting a, a church or a number of churches actually in, in Bradford, seeking to reach the youth and some of the ways in which he sought to do that. So in the second um, part, Andy, let's unpack the some of the vision for uh, missional youth church uh, planting. So talk us, talk us through the strategy. Uh, where, where do you start? Yeah, so if, if perhaps we've connected with um, people in a certain area um, who are interested in starting missional youth church, one of the first things we want to do is, is sit down with them, church leaders, youth workers, perhaps community people, somebody from the local school, um, diocese or wider church network, and sit down and talk to them about what are young people like in the area? What are the needs? What are the hopes? Uh, and then pray with them and try and discern what God might be wanting to see happening among young people in, in that particular area. 
we build a partnership group um, and build a vision out of prayer with that partnership group. Then we we try and work with local churches to create a team, team of volunteers. Um, there may be a youth worker already in post or a part-time youth worker, or we, we might seek funding to, to employ somebody. Or it could be that there are two or three really good volunteers with some youth work experience who could take a lead in a certain area. So we'd want to um, give them a copy of our resource and give them some support in helping in training a volunteer team. We'd look with the partners at how we could build connections with the schools so that people could be going into school, getting alongside the young people. When the training with the volunteers would be done, we'd then work with them to look at what's the best ways of connecting with young people in that area. Who, where are the young people congregating? How might we get alongside them? Um, both through unstructured means, um, through in a skate park, in a in a bus shelter, in a football pitch, but also through more structured means, through the school, through perhaps uh, council-run youth groups, church groups, um, and get the young people together and then start finding out how we might create groups around the needs of those young people and how we might share Jesus with them in ways that are appropriate. And we've done this several times before and we've seen groups of 30 or 40 young people gather over time. Um, and then from there, we would really be looking, who are the young people who are open to God? Who are the young people who are interested? How can we work with these young people and develop church that's by young people for young people? How can we help them to go further into discovering who Jesus is and discovering the love of God in their lives? Um, and that would often lead to discipleship happening in various different ways and eventually to worship. Um, and and with, out of that often comes young people who want to lead, young people who want to be part of the team. So we would look at mentoring some of those young people, helping them to go deeper. So you'd have young people who come to the groups at a very, very basic level that just want to come to a youth group and don't have that much interest in God. And you'd have other young people who are more interested in God and are open to explore. And you have other young people still who are really interested and are really, really hungry and ready to be mentored. Um, and what we always say is it's important to cater for all those different types of young people, whoever they are. And by setting up youth work that caters for people at different places, it means that young people who aren't that interested at the beginning in faith might become interested in a few months down the line. Um, I'll just tell you a very quick story. We had a lad who's from a really tough family background. Um, he didn't know his dad. He came to one or two of our lunchtime clubs and he was quite hard work, to be honest. He was always pushing the boundaries. He came to Sorted and if ever we mentioned, did a short talk about God, he would be calling out and saying, Andy, why are you talking about this again? We heard this last week. <laughs> and I quite tried to explain to him, Josh, this is a Christian group. Two years went by, no interest in faith. We took him to a summer camp. And the first evening, he listened to the talk, went to the front and prayed a prayer, asking Jesus into his life. He turned completely and later on became a young leader with a strong faith. And that taught me that we have to work with young people who at all different levels in all different places because we never know when they might become interested and become open to Jesus. Fabulous. Great to, great to hear, Andy. Um, obviously, uh, we're, we're assuming 
thus far that people are enthusiastic about this. Um, but of course, there are some people who say, "Hang on, you don't you don't need to divide uh, people groups in this way, uh, sorry, age groups in this way," uh, and they're sceptical about youth church as a concept. So, what do you say to those kind of folk? Yeah, well, when we started in Bradford um, and in lots of places across the north and, and now beyond, there are very, very few young people in church. Some places there are, of course. So it makes sense to kind of take, do what Jesus did, you know. And so we look at um, the Bible passages such as Matthew 10 and Luke 10. And Jesus sent his followers out in pairs. And so from that, there's a principle that the Christians go out in the minority to reach those that they're trying to reach who are in the majority. Um, so we may have a team of seven or eight um, volunteer volunteers from local churches, Christians, and we're working with maybe 40 young people. And when those adult volunteers are trained and equipped, you know, they realise that they're there for the young people. They're not there primarily for themselves. They're there to listen, to support, to be the good news of Jesus and then speak the good news. So young people often see this and it makes them curious. They, they know that these are Christians. They start to ask questions. Well, which church do you go to and why? And then as the group develops and youth church develops over time, we then build links with local churches. We might take three young people on a Sunday morning and do a mini interview with them. Um, we might do a joint confirmation service, get young people helping out at a local holiday club. And so what happens is they become curious. So we work with this curiosity. And so by the time they're 18, often they've got, you know, some understanding and experience of some of these local churches. And then it's up to them then, you know, um, some of them stay on and we develop young adult groups. Um, a lot stay on, in fact, but others, you know, make the transition to existing church. So what starts out as purely reaching young people in a specific age group ends up becoming intergenerational in one way or another. Uh, and that's important. So it's a little bit like any any other kind of style of evangelism where you you maybe work on a particular theme or with a particular group of people, say it's skateboarders or surfers or whatever. So you start there and then you, as, as people become part of community, then they, they're a bit broader in their um, connections. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, Jesus, if you like, came to Israel, didn't he? Which is a very small country on our, our maps today. But he came to Israel in order to reach the world. And there's something about going to a small, a niche culture or a subculture and connecting with them and allowing the gospel to grow and then allowing that to spread further afield and beyond. Um, and I think that's often the case in, in you know, if you look at um, the history of, of mission and evangelism, that's often the case in many different places. Andy, we um, have looked a, lot, a number of times on the Leadership Farlet at the challenge that the UK faces because of so few churches having any children and youth at all. And there'll be some church leaders listening to this who, who've, who've got very dwindling numbers, if any numbers at all. So what would you say to them about what they need to do to start where they are, um, perhaps with less resources than you have? I think, first of all, you know, what has God given you um, on your doorstep? You know, do you have any children 
young people who are coming to church, even if you've not got children's or youth work. Um, if so, you know, if you've got children, chat to the parents, you know, what might be helpful to do for those children? If there's young people, who knows those young people? Who could chat to them and find out what their needs are and whether they, they're interested in a group being formed around them and their needs? If there are no children or young people in the church at all, well, look to the community. You know, churches are often respected as being important in the community. And perhaps even more so um, with all the great social help churches have been giving during the pandemic. You know, and so perhaps then, you know, they could think, well, what are the local schools? Is there a primary school or a secondary school? Do we know anybody from those schools? Can we build a relationship? Uh, and if so, go to the schools and offer to serve, offer to help as to, you know, as part of helping the community. Um, remember that people who are working in these places are often tired and they're often under a lot of pressure. So anything that we can do to help, you know, could often be welcomed. And, and then that can lead to relationship building with the children, the young people, uh, and the possibility of forming groups from there. Um, the other thing though, of course, to say is always never do it in isolation. Always do it with a team of people in your church and always get advice from somebody who does it all the time and knows what to avoid doing and, and what to focus on doing, you know, get help. I guess things like homework clubs, uh, I think there has been some connection with uh, feeding children during the summer months or when there's a, a break uh, from school. There's also been a way in which churches can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. There's been some, you know, particularly in the pandemic, but also before there's wonderful ways in which churches can help in supporting local families. Um, you know, as you say, there's been homework clubs and things like that. There's a whole range of things, um, you know, and there's things within the Church of England, such as Growing Faith, which particularly look at how churches can connect with families. And they've got some really good resources and ideas uh, of how to do that. So as we uh, last minute or two, Andy, in terms of the future of your, your work, uh, where are you up to? You, the the press release talked about 30 groups. And of course, that was, I think, pre-pandemic or during the during the last uh, pandemic. So where are things up to and how, how are things going? Yeah, so we've been making connections with um, lots of churches and lots of youth workers um, across the north of England and beyond. Um, we've got a learning community which meets every couple of months, which draws together around 20 youth workers. And so what we're doing is we're trying to support those youth workers by giving them sort of training and equipping, helping them build partnerships up in their areas, um, find creative ways to connect to young people. Um, it's obviously quite a challenging time at the moment isn't it? with the pandemic, a lot more, but it's also a creative time, you know, and a time where people have found really innovative, creative ways to connect with young people online. Um, sometimes people taking gifts, food parcels and so on to young people's houses. Um, you know, one youth church has made over a thousand, made over a thousand phone calls to individual young people during the first lockdown um, because young people were isolated. And, and so that's just one example of how it's been done in one place. And, but we, well, hopefully as we come out of the lockdown, it's going to be a while yet, I realise, um, th there is going to be a lot of need. And so it's going to be really important that those people that we're working with and lots of others are able to really 
get alongside young people and really help build community because young people struggling with mental health, with isolation, um, just perhaps coming to terms with grief. You know, building youth churches is going to be really important going forward in terms of support and helping people know the love of Jesus in word and in action. Um, the young people that I used to work with in Bradford, if we asked them what Sorted was about, Sorted is the name of the youth church, they would always say family. It's always family. And the thing that helped them to really think about faith and set them on that journey to faith and having a relationship with God was always the way that they were accepted, they were loved, the way that people were supported. And it's not just the adults supporting, loving and accepting the young people. It starts with the adults, but then it becomes something that everybody does for each other. And so my hope and my prayer is that there can be many such families created in the months and years to come and that we can help people know the love of God, but also start to rebuild their lives and help them to go on and discover who God had created them to be. Well, Andy, it's terrific to, to hear this uh, story, the, this good news story at such a time. So thank you so much for sharing. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Andy Milne, Mission Youth Church Network Strategic Lead based in uh, Bradford, West Yorkshire. Uh, do log on to Premier's website and listen to archive versions of the Leadership File, including this one in due course. Glad to have your company this Sunday at four or on podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.